Good morning. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am amazing. <laughs> How's your week been? <coughs> great, thanks. Look at your gorgeous hair. I love it. Oh, thank you. I'm That's excited. Got... You had it all chopped off. I had it all chopped off. It's amazing, Jenny. It really suits you. I realised I'd spent most of the last six months after the last haircut in a bun, put up very high every morning, and I was like, I'd like to see what my hair looks like. And so this takes me seven minutes to dry in the morning. It's easy, it's light, and it, and I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna click. Uh, I, I'm gonna click go live now. So um, I hope. Good morning, amazing people who are here joining joining us today. Yay. We got here. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Jackie. And let me just put in my team as panelists. Cool, Jenny. I'm excited about our topic of the day. I'm excited about our topic today, too. <laughs> I've actually thought more about this topic in the last week than any other topic that we've looked at because it's one that is close to my heart because I think many of us um tend to over please a lot of the time yeah. so let's just have a little reminder of our topic today it's what your customers want versus what you want so maybe that's a little simplistic so Jenny what does that mean to you well I think what it means to me and I love this conversation and I have it all the time is your business is yes it's about you and wanting to create a lifestyle but really it's about providing a service that your customers actually want and we often live by this idea of over-servicing, so under-promising and over-delivering. But actually, that just creates an expectation gap. And sometimes they don't want what we think they want. So it's important to know what your customers want, what their expectations are, and meet those, rather than thinking that this is what I think they should have and this is what I think they need, when they may not actually want that. So it's actually about aligning our expectations with those of our clients, not the other way around. Yes, absolutely. And I think it goes all the way back to when we're first choosing even the colors for our business or yes. the name for our business. So, for example, my favorite colors are green and pink, but those are not the colors that I've used in my branding because just because they're my favorite colors doesn't mean that's necessarily right for the vibe and the voice of my business. And yes. is it going to reach the right customers? So, and then we look at the name. So I'll give you a great example. Many, 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 many years ago, I started my uh, film company. It was my first business. And um, my dad was a film producer. So he'd had a film company. And um, one of his favorite sayings was, you beauty. That's the way he used to say it. So my mum did him a personalized number plate and it was you, then a space, B-U, then a space, and T, which worked fine on a number plate. Yep. However, he then died when I was um, in my mid-20s, not long after I set up this first film company business. And um, I called it You Beauty Productions. But the way that I did my logo and everything, it looked like you but. And <laughs> it was terrible. I had regret the whole time I had that company for. <laughs> Absolute regret. But also, it was such a special thing to me, but it meant nothing to anyone else. Correct. Yeah. So it didn't really translate at all. That was my first experience of 
doing something because it means something special to me isn't necessarily going to be right to attract the right clients, attract the right customers and and move forward with that. And it's such a great example. Like I, I, there's a couple of, when I first started creating my business four years ago, I thought of a lot of different names before Elephant in the Room. And, and we've had lots of conversations about it's a very long name and what does it mean? <laughs> what I found is people actually get, when I, by having the company called Elephant in the Room Consulting, they immediately get that it's that thing in the corner that they know they need to deal with and I'm going to help them actually manage and find clarity around it and create structure and process and get rid of it sometimes and actually help uncover those things that are blocking them because that phrase is so, you know, it's such a quintessential phrase of having the elephant in the room. So while, yes, it's an incredibly long name and not always great for URLs, it's actually, it fits what I'm trying to do with my clients. So, and I think over time I've been playing and towing around, Am I do, did I do it for me or did I do it for my clients? And I think from my perspective, 100% it was for me, but I think I've been able to connect it through the branding and the way that we, the way that we talk, that people do understand what they get when they work with me. But it's such an important question that we have to keep revisiting, don't we? Yes, and I think what's clever about Elephant in the Room is I, and I believe, well, obviously I'm from New Zealand, you're from Australia, and so the, but I'm pretty sure other people might be able to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure also in the US, also in the UK, we all use that that phrase elephant in the room. Yep. So I think it's quite universally well known. And so I think that's what's clever is that it can transport or, tra you know, not just our little niche. Agreed, here. agreed. Yeah. So, so I think that's a really good thing. What does, what does this idea of having, you know, what you focusing on what your customers want, not what you want in your business. No, but I also think it's sometimes you've got to focus on what you want, not what your customers want. So I think in some instances, so I think it's got to be very fluid because I'll give you some examples too. I've had some, some cranky clients over the years and it's gone a little bit pear-shaped and, and every single cranky client I've had, or I don't necessarily want to use the word difficult client because they're not necessarily difficult. There's just clearly some... Um, breakdowns in communication or expectation or whatever it is along the way and that's not just with this company but you know previous ones and all that there's always going to be scenarios that aren't quite perfect no. and so I've always really embraced my learnings from those and I've been able to adapt and change and evolve as we go along however sometimes just because they're an incredibly cranky disappointed or whatever client doesn't mean I should have actually changed my processes or my systems yeah. to pander to that moving forward. It wasn't necessarily a learning that I needed to take on and change. It was a learning that I should have taken on. Okay, I've got to make that clear at the beginning. These, this is the system, or yeah. this is how we do things. Or I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. In the very early days when I was first doing social media management, so you know, well over a decade ago. Um, and, you know, really in the early days of businesses being on online so much, on Facebook, et cetera. Um, and I uh, had some scenarios where they would go, okay, so how long is it going to take me to get to grow my Instagram with another 10,000 followers? And if I haven't got that in three months, then can I get my money back? And I'm like, whoa, no, because that's not the game that we're playing here. It's not yeah. about going out and buying followers and just going on a mad race for the, for the audience that isn't the correct audience for you. But then feeling the pressure. Luckily, I was able to stand my ground and explain exactly why that's not the game that we play. But for, for those expectations of, of some customers is quite, and, and depending on their personality, it can get quite intense. 
So I completely agree. And I think you said it, you said it a couple of times there. And I think what resonates for me with when we talk about this topic is that expectation piece. And I think when we are the business, yes, it's it's about us in terms of wanting us to grow a legacy or or a or a saleable asset or whatever you're in business for, or just to do what you love to do and have the flexibility to do that, right? But we also have to recognize that we do it for customers. So because somebody needs to pay us. So of course, every customer would love to get your services for free. I can't do that if this is my business. If I had, you know, was independently wealthy and there was money coming in other places, I could maybe like, yeah, I'll just coach for free. However, I probably still wouldn't do that as a coach because there needs to be an exchange. There needs to be some skin in the game, if you like, from a coach. So there's a balance between saying, what does the customer want in terms of service and value and price and, and what they expect out of that service versus what you intend, what your intention is, how you're going to deliver it and how you show up for those things. And I think that's where the work you do with social media and branding is so important because you're setting the expectations really clearly up front by saying, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. These are our values. This is the way that we work. And if that resonates with you, then we're probably going to be aligned. But if there's something in that mix that you don't like, then we're probably going to have a problem. Maybe not now, but there might be something down the track. And then you have that question is who's, you know, why did that happen? It's just a misalignment of expectations absolutely isn't that the truth so yeah i think the key word here is expectations yeah. and also time i think time can be a ginormous um mis misunderstanding a lot of the time as well and yeah 100 what's expected and and your time being you know when you when it's not adding up so that's also a great thing to bring up is when people are doing contras i used to do a lot of contras many many years ago and they'd say well, I can't necessarily afford to pay you, but what if I give you this in, in return? And yeah. that's that's a tricky one too, isn't it? Because do you do it hour for hour? Do you do it dollar for dollar? How does that work? And pretty much from my experience, usually someone always comes out feeling a bit disappointed. And I think also that contra thing is really interesting because you, in that idea, because you are a customer and the provider of the service in the same relationship. And with that, the challenge is, is there might be great value in the product that you're exchanging, but if that other person doesn't have the time, doesn't have the, you know, is it in the right space to actually take advantage of that, then you also get that misalignment. So while you went and going, yeah, it sounds amazing, let's do that, without realizing what the commitment was going to be, what the time, and time is so important because that's the one thing that's the leveler with all of us is how well we use our time. And you and I both know that when we have multiple projects going on, that's our, that's our like, scarce resource that's the diamond that we have to be really mindful of and how we actually manage versus a lot of the other work that we do so I think there's um that idea of saying how do we approach that early and I always say to people ask the questions when you're friends it's much easier to have the conversation when you're friends be really clear about your expectations up front because then if there is some niggles or if you know you have a you know a bad drink with each other and it's like oh that's not going to work then you can actually say okay remember when we were friends this is what we said yeah, that is actually such an excellent piece of advice. Ask the question when you're friends. And that doesn't even matter if it's necessarily your personal friends. But for example, even when you're just having that first interaction with that customer or that client or that person you're about to work with, ask those questions straight up front. Don't be yeah. afraid because it's not going to get any easier down the track necessarily to bring those, those things up. So I think that's a really, really important one. And when it comes to... Um, the expectations around what happened oh, oh so I'll just give a little example so I've got a few people where that you would consider them like 
friendly colleagues kind of, but they pay me and I pay them. So yeah. rather than just doing our, our time is shared, it's like, no, no, so I value what I'm learning with you. So I pay and you value what you're learning with me. So I pay, even though it's the same amount of money. So that's kind of an interesting thing. But, you know, from and it was the other one that, it, that had um, suggested that to me from experiences I had. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. that's working well. That's a that's a clever one and a good one. And I, and I like that idea because what, what I like about that is because there might be a point where you're, they don't need your service or you no longer need their service and then you're not having a conversation about, well, where are we at with our balance, with our contra deal? By doing it that way and literally invoicing each other, it does, from a business perspective, it's the right way because, one, you're putting revenue through your business. The fact that there's a ex value exchange at the other end going out of the business doesn't matter. It's about showing the true value of your business. And if you are creating an asset to sell, having those revenue lines and having that sales revenue on your books is so much more valuable than the contra because we often forget that we actually still should invoice contra, we just don't. Because yeah. that's actually revenue that you're gaining through the business. It's just not a cash payment. It's done in kind. Yeah. And so I think having that idea up front saying, yeah, let's do this work together. And I know you need this. So I'm going to give you this, but let's, I'm still going to send you an invoice. I don't have to pay it because I know when you give me that one, I'm going to credit it off the books. Yeah, that's great. And Jenny, what about things like discounts? Oh, <laughs> so for example when I had my e-commerce business and I was operating it out of our garage before I moved it up to a, a warehouse and every friend and even not friend just people that knew that I was local or people would go online to order then they'd see where I was and they're like oh I'm going to be in hol on holiday in Byron so can I just come in now do you know what not almost no one asked me for a dis discount but every single one of them I'd go oh and yeah so great to see you here da, da, da. and of course we'll put that through with 50% off because you're here and I'm like so I'm giving them wholesale prices for buying one thing or whatever like they never asked for a discount why did I <laughs> hand that right over I love that conversation that we have with you, Carly. It makes me, it just makes me smile because we think that that's about us being beautiful humans and you being a beautiful human saying, oh, you know what? How lovely it is that you're buying my product. I feel so special that you've chosen me. So I'm going to reward you by giving you a discount. And that is what, that's what you do when you start a business and it's a heart-centered purely you know coming from the heart business we often think about that but what we have to remember though the business in itself is an entity and so I love this conversation about the expectations people don't always expect a discount for um, that personal connection in fact the fact that you've let them come to your house and actually buy it from you means that they might even think there's a premium to be paid because you're actually going out of your way to do it Yet our mind goes to, oh, well, I'm going to give them a little discount because then they might buy something else with me offline. But I think it's an Australian, it's, I think it's a very Australian thing to do to be like, let's discount our products. And to that, that comes back to that piece around, do I want to be locked or do I want to grow a business? Yes. And that's really what it's about. I want connection and relationships. So therefore I'm going to do it through a discount or a value add or an over service in some way. But really, it, it's actually they don't need that. They didn't come wanting any of those things. They value you and the engagement that you're giving them. They value the service and they value your product. So there's no need to do that extra little bit of be my friend because they're already there. They're already in the room. They've already resonated with you. So we don't. We can actually be like, it's okay. You can pay full price. 
Yeah, and what's so funny is that they come knowing what the prices were because they'd already been on the website. Yeah. So they actually didn't come with the intention to say, can I have 50% off? No. So it's just so it was just so silly. But I think it's because they were there in, well, not in my home, but in my garage, but still mm. it was like they're in my space. So therefore yeah. they're my or something. I don't know. It was, no, it was, we all do. I do it too. I've got clients who I love, who are clients, colleagues, friends that I work with, and I automatically, I don't even say to them, do, I, do they want to pay full price? I just go, well, we'll give it to you for this. We'll do that program. Or, well, do you need some coaching work? Well, let's just create this little package for you. So I come up with this conversation, and it's so funny because I just had a conversation with one of my clients in the BOM program, um, and she just, just recently joined the BOM program, and she was saying that her VA is really struggling because Every time she says, oh, I've just got a new client, we're like, yay, celebrate. Then um, her VA says, so what price did you offer? So now her VA is having to manage all these different prices because she's trying to, because it's automatically going, well, I'll give you this discount, I'll give you this discount. And it makes it so hard to manage as a business. That's why we have a set pricing structure. That's why we actually spend so much time looking at pricing and pulling together your pricing strategy because then you don't need to have those conversations and you don't end up with, you know, 25 different clients on 25 different price points that somebody has to manage. And we are dealing with exactly that at Hello Media because, as you know, we've transitioned to new programs. Yeah. So we've got some at that, some at that, and it's just, it's challenging, you know. It's it really makes it a huge challenge. Yeah, well, what we're saying is, and this is, I, th- I think this piece that we talked about in terms of what our customers want comes back to how we position our business and our, and I think this is where you in the social media space or the digital marketing space actually, you know, come to, uh, it, it ha- you shine is what I'm trying to say, is because that's where we actually set those expectations and say, this is what you want. And I'm going to match what you want with my product or my service. I'm going to show you that it's ready for you. I'm here waiting for you. I've got the right, I'm where you need me to be. I've got the price point that you like. I'm doing the service and value that you want. So come and find me. And that's what marketing does, doesn't it? It actually creates that connection with what they want and what we're offering. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I was just that it was lovely of you to say the shining. Thank you. It's one of my favorite words. Um, But I was just thinking also in terms of that, pricing and having that so clear so when I worked with you on the whole pricing and da, 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 it just went click 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 one bit after the other because yep. if you're just pulling it out of the air of what that what those prizes might be then it's it might feel right for a little while but then it actually won't add up in the long run no. and um you'll end up feeling disappointed yeah and then and, and, and customers ultimately regardless of what our expectations are customers want to be valued and respected and they want to get what they pay for so if you're if you're paying something if your product is incredibly premium and it's a high price and they expect premium service and premium outcomes if it's a low value cost low value product or in terms of pricing they're not actually going to expect as much out of your product they're also probably not going to put as much into the product and i wonder and i Think about those, you know, $29 or $27 discounted programs that you buy. Join my masterclass for $49 or $29 or join my program. Used to be $950, but it's now only $300 today. What that says to me is, well, if you're discounting it that much, then I'm probably not going to put as much effort into into actually doing the program because I haven't outlaid a huge amount of cost in it. So there's the value to me is low. I bought it at the lowest possible price. So I'm probably going to give you the lowest possible, you know, exchange because 
that to me is like, well, I can always go back and look at it. I've just paid for it. Does it really matter? You know, what's the value to me? So I think we have to remember that when we start to discount, people actually change their value association with your product. And so how, how you're showing up, and I just had this conversation recently with a client doing those doing a lot of half-day work, and they used to be successful, but they're saying they're not finding success. And I said, well, but you, you, the work that you do is actually really high-touch, engaging, really deep work. And so we've actually said, well, let's change that from a half-day to actually a proper session. You don't see massage therapists offering, you know, like, a hey, come and use my massage services for $29 for an hour. They don't do that. Why? Because people value what you're offering. They want a good service. You give them a good service and people are actually willing to pay that. So interesting. So the way that I view when I see, and I see them quite regularly, there was 900 and something, something, yeah. but even today, $49 yes, or yes. something. And, you know, instead of making me think, oh, it's not so much value or whatever, I definitely think, oh, you need to do a quick grab for new clients. You're running a bit thin on clients. Yes. So it's like, you know, let's have a quick way of getting a bunch in. So to me also, there's something like, well, if if that's not, you're not getting referrals, you're, it's not word of mouth, it's spreading it, then yep, yep. that to me is ringing alarm bells as well. And I, and I want to make the caveat, this is different from client, people like us and coaches and, and delivery services who are giving loyalty, loyalty discounts to clients that they already have, where they say, you're already paying me every month or you're already working with me. So in, as a loyalty bonus, as, as, a, as a show of you know, value, I'm going to give this to you at a lower price because you're already in my tribe. That's a different type of discount. Where to, I'm just talking those kind of big the, the ones and I see them there's a couple of really big coaching companies um, externally and in from the US particularly who do that with their programs and they you know they say what is the, the value is that $300 and then they also $3,000 but today you can have it for 99 and yeah. my brain says well what happens if I pay $3,000 and now yeah. it's for 99 like I would be really annoyed as a customer it's like it's like going to buy a premium car and one day and you pay the full price and the next day someone says, oh, no, that, that was the that was yesterday's price. Today, it's actually half that value because <laughs> that, you know, that's where we get that connection with value and, and, and what you want. So pricing is such a funny topic. We, I know we always talk about but um, this value. I think customers want, as I said, they just want someone who's going to a safe pair of hands, whatever that looks like, whatever the product is, they want a safe pair of hands. And that that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately is often connected to price. And Jenny, look at the iPhone. Have you ever seen it on sale? No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and every time the next model comes out and it's more and more and more expensive and people are lining up around the street corners exactly. for that first release. You know, it's I had the a same conversation with my, with my, with my son who pre-ordered the new PS5 and I was like, He's got every PS1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I don't know if that's the right names for them, but he's got all of them. And I'm like, why? Oh, the graphics are better. But do you really notice? He's like, oh, yes. But are you going to sell the other one? No. <laughs> because there's value in this. They've created a connection with what the value of the product is, what it's going to give you, what their expectations is. And, and as expectations grow, we want the next best thing. We want the next, you know, the better version. We want to upgrade because we want to feel like we've, we're, we're in that tribe and connected. And so it comes back to we want value, respect, connection, and trust. 
I was just telling my niece the other day what she's 13 and I was telling her why it's so important that I always have the latest iPhone. I can't just let them last for five years till they die. No, because in my business and digital marketing, it's really important to stay on top of. And even as I was saying it, as the words were coming out of my mouth, it's like, mm-hmm. Kylie, you're being a dick. <laughs> it's not the truth. <laughs> You can always say that means you'd have to go buy the new Samsung too so that you can actually work with your clients on both Android and Apple and be across all of them. So therefore you could have like one of everything. So if you're really, if you're a bit of a shopaholic, being a digital marketer might be the perfect thing because you'll have a PC and a Mac and an iPhone and a Samsung and a Huawei or (laughs) I don't know how to say it, Um, all the other phones that you need as well. But it's a really, it's a really interesting point about that you're like I'm I just bought a new ring light until my dog decided my new puppy decided to chew the cord a week after getting my beautiful new ring light so that people can see me and I love it and she's chewed right down to the USB so I can't even actually like stitch it back together but I look at something like that and I go look I could have spent a couple of hundred dollars on a high-tech professional ring light and this was something like 35 dollars from one of the big box stores And, and I kind of went I wanted something that's going to solve a problem. It's easy. I want it now. And so I have this ring light and I was, I've spent two years deciding whether I would get one. And when we talk and I see the beautiful look on your face, because you have the, the, you know, the light on your face when you have yours and I'm like, Oh, I need to get one. Two years. I finally get one because it's, I finally decide I want it. And now it's now I need to get a new one. <laughs> Maybe that's, there's a moral in that story somewhere. But it comes to that idea of they've just got this product sitting there and somebody like me goes, I don't need the biggest, best, most expensive one. I just want that's going to function how I need it. So I come from a functional perspective. Someone else will come from a, yes, it's functional, but also I want the best light or I want the best, I want it to make sure it's the most stable. I want it to be portable. And they will have so many other criteria. So that's where we have the high-end, more expensive ring light for them. So this idea of what a customer wants is, as you said at the start, it is fluid. And so us as as providers or suppliers, the reality is this ring light is probably identical to the $500 one. It just looks a little different. It's in a different box. We know it's probably the same one. So possibly made in the same factory even. Yeah. And it probably just used a different bit of plastic from the front that was a little bit thicker or slightly or more translucent, whichever way we're supposed to go with that. But but the idea is, is what do I want? So as, as suppliers, as business owners, we need to make sure that what we're serving is somewhere along that spectrum. Yeah. And we can choose where we want to sit. But it's really hard as a, as a, back to the discounting, it's really hard as a supplier, as a, as a, as a business owner to say, I want to sit at both ends of that spectrum. Because you can't. You can't be the cheapest and you can't be the most expensive in the same spectrum because clients then get confused. They say, do I'm getting the cheap, easy one or do I get the really premium service? And how do you deliver to that? You know, you turn up one day and be like, I'm going to give you just a little bit today, but these guys are going to get totally over-serviced. So actually creating an alignment between what your customers want and what you want to deliver as a business owner gives you clarity and also it makes it so much easier to do your business because you just know that's my that's my lane that's where I play I'll have some people either side come and join me but this is what I offer this is what you get from me I'm waiting for you when you're ready absolutely so well said Jenny and I definitely have had experiences along the way where I say that I'll do this I end up doing way 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 more because I want to but some of them are so appreciative and so grateful and loving that and others 
then just want more and more and more. And it becomes a very unpleasant exchange. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? That. Sorry. No, no. I actually read a really incredible article that changed my view of, I used to always be the under, uh, under province, over, over service, over deliver girl. And I read this article in Forbes many, many years ago that talked about the fact that just because you give it to them doesn't mean that they value it either. So this comes back to the what you want to value and what you value and what the customers want. So the example they gave was somebody who says, I'm going to do X for you. So you need, you, you come to me and say, hey, Jenny, I need you to help me with this one thing. So I give you that one thing and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I think she needs all this other stuff. So I give you this other stuff and you look at it and go, that's cool. I didn't really want it, but you've given it to me. So cool. So you don't get that. I don't get that endorphin hit of like, oh my God, it's so great. Thank you so much. Because you didn't really want it in the first place. Yeah. It's just noise <laughs> to you now. It's like something that you've got. You're not really sure what to do with it because you didn't ask for it in the first place. You may not even be set up to be able to use whatever it is I give you. Whereas when we have this alignment to say, okay, hi, Carla, thanks so much. I'm happy to do that for you. I'm just wondering, would you like these other things? Because I think they'll add value to what you've asked. Now we've reset your expectations and you go, actually, yeah, that's really what I wanted. So we're all back to that alignment of expectations. So the, the article was talking about the fact that when we over-service, we end up going into this kind of gray space of, I didn't want it. I don't think I need it, but you've given it to me anyway. What am I doing with that? So we get this kind of back to this misalignment piece but what happens when you stop doing that extra? They go, hang on, you used to always give me this and I didn't want it to start with, but now you've been consistently giving me this extra stuff. I'm kind of used to it. It's now just part of what you do and you've taken it away. And so all of a sudden we, we're back to that point of, hang on, I thought that's what you just did for me. When we're like, no, no, that's what you paid for. So you can see how when we start to kind of get to that over delivery um, methodology, it actually can be really damaging to your business because it's hard to sustain. Jenny, I think absolutely. And we can think about that. And when you think about a um, going into a shopping mall and we all know those chain stores that you see in every single mall, <clears throat> think of all the ones that you know of, <coughs> excuse me, that you never, ever, ever find something not on sale. So in big amounts, like not 5% or 10%, but 50%, 70%. Persian rugs. Yeah. <laughs> Have you like, you know, those those clothing stores with the oh, yeah. and the this and the this, and it's like, would you ever pay full price? You know that in a couple of weeks it'll be a massive, massive discount again yeah. already. So again, it sets up those expectations for I don't even really want to pay full price because I know all I've got to do is just buy my time and boom, I know it'll be on sale. So yeah. one of our clients, who's also your client, and we love her. She's doing a ginormous sale coming up, which I'm so excited about for her. And I said, you know, have you done this kind of a sale before? And she's no, no, just little ones and just from time to time. So this is the first time it's big. It's a whopper. And she's really, really cleverly decided on the final day of the sale. She's taking it to 70% for whatever's left because she has an intention to clear all that stuff out. She's yep. got to make room. She's not doing it just to try and, you know, just for the fun of it and for a bit of advertising or whatever. It's like, actually, I have a purpose to the sale. I'm clearing yep. out. I'm making way. I've got to bring in new stuff. So yep. I'm like, really clever. So here's the discount leading up to it, um, you know, in the first days. And then final day, boof, it's a biggie. So I'm like, very, very cleverly done. I like it a lot. And I love that model for her because when in doing that, it's also signaling that there's a big change coming. 
So it actually mm -hmm. creates excitement about, I don't do this very often. So if I'm doing this, there's a reason for that. So when the next announcement comes, it actually becomes bigger and bolder and more exciting because we're like, well, what are we clearing out for this? What is the new stock you're getting in? If you're you're getting rid of the old version, what is the new stuff that I'm going to come in? Because I was all, always happy to pay full price with you. But now you're giving me this special offer. So I, I completely agree when you do those. And my uh, the, the big, I shouldn't say the names, but the big department stores used to do that really well. They do three sales a year. You'd have your mid-year sale. You might have an Easter sale. And there's always that Boxing Day sale. And because that's what the sales cycle was. People used to buy normally throughout the year, but then wait for those, you know, three gigantic sales because they were special and it created engagement. But with online buying and with everything else now, people just know I can get stuff on sale 24-7, 365 or 66 days a year. So I don't actually, those sales have lost their, their oomph and their engagement. And now there's a sale every other week. I completely agree. And I had an auntie and a cousin who religiously would be lining up outside their shopping centre on Boxing Day morning with all the crowds and they would do their entire Christmas shop for the following year. Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> I think that's classic. I personally couldn't think of anything worse than shopping on Boxing Day. But I love the idea of it being a really exciting event, you know, yeah. and you're like, wow, what bargains can I get? And da, da, da. Because apparently those discounts were ginormous, absolutely ginormous. Well, we, were used, we used to be down in Ballina, just south of you, for Christmas when I was a kid. And so Boxing Day was a drive to Pacific Fair. And so <laughs> we would do that because that would be the day you got a new pair of runners or you get your school shoes. I didn't buy next year's Christmas presents, although some of my family do that. But for <laughs> us, it's actually just, it was, a, it was a family trip of who's coming on the Boxing Day sale because it was that, that kind of, a, a reason and an, an event to go out. But it's almost like start... going, who's going to dream world? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't go to dream world as a kid, so it was my equivalent. You go, the Pacific Fair is fun, right? Like, oh, it's it a lot of action going on. <laughs> and it was, you know, and it's, it's changed a lot since I was there, but, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, probably now. Um, but it's, that, it's about that expectations, isn't it? At the end of the day, what we're talking about is what your customers want if we understand what our customers want and they're aligned with what you want to give as a business owner, then that's actually going to create long-term relationships and that's going to create that engagement and that connection that we want. So we're not just pushing people through a funnel and out the other end. We're actually saying, hey, come in, join and hang out for a while, be part of the tribe, be here. And, and there'll be some things you might like to buy along the track, but we do that because there's alignment of who we are and what they want. And that's, I think, critical with whether you're selling a widget, whether you're selling your services or whether you're selling something in between. Beautifully said. And, and from my part, the summary would be sometimes you need to really go with what the client wants, you know, and, and that's how, it, how that weighs up. Other times it's really got to be what's right for you. But it's yep. never going to be across the board, always all the same. So no. weigh it up, what's right for you and what feels right going forward. And, uh, you know, We've got to really trust what feels right a lot of the time. So it is. I know it's funny how uh, something that's business that's so kind of zeros and ones and can be really clinical if you want actually has 80% of heart and value and kind of how we feel about it to actually determine what success looks like for us. Absolutely, indeed. Well, Jenny, what the hell you, Kylie? Oh, at uh, hellomedia.team is our website, and you can um, find us hellomedia.team on Instagram and dream team on uh, Facebook. And we have our 
um, new program offerings are all out there and live now. It's very, very exciting. And um, yeah, it feels like a really good time to be moving into the new financial year. And I'm pumped for 21-22. What about you, Jenny? How can they get in touch with you? Well, then get in touch with me from at Elder in the Room AU on Facebook and Insta. But before I get to that, I actually just want to put an absolute plug for your programs because the new programs you've been developing are amazing. And so if as a business owner, as a business coach, I'm telling you right now, for anyone who wants to start their new financial year off with a bang is get your social media and your digital marketing sorted now because it's going to make a huge impact to your business in the coming year, particularly as people are really embracing online learning, online engagement, and they've realized COVID's here to stay. We're not doing as much in person anymore. So we need to get our online brand schmick and sorted. So if you haven't got connected with Kylie or any groups, please do so because honestly, it will change your business and it will make a huge impact to how you show up in the world. So I just oh, want to say. Thank you, Jenny. I really appreciate that. So uh, anybody can jump onto the website, book a discovery call, and we Definitely. can just have a chat about how you're going to get visible. Thank you, Jenny. That was My lovely. Pleasure. So, well, I love it. so what are we talking about next week, Kylie? Next week, I have a feeling that we had a topic possibly planned around diversity. That's, I believe that's what it was. So I'm excited about that and how to present the awkward topics. Or, yeah, and I, we've got um, Jackie in here today watching, and Jackie's all about diversity dolls. So, yeah, and I've really enjoyed talking with her about that business and and yeah so it's gonna it's gonna be a good one next week I look forward to it and I believe we're bringing in a guest to join us to Jackie who has a fair bit of experience in that uh in that area so it'll be, exciting. It'll be fun I look forward to seeing you next Friday morning have a wonderful long weekend celebrating the queen and oh, her up here in, in Queensland that's in October what I thought it was the whole country no they've changed it. our long weekend our queen's birthday weekend is in October now we don't have it in June so, <laughs> you know, long weekend, we don't. <laughs> wow, that's very interesting. I, I know. believe it's not even her real birthday anyway. In I know. It's just so. a day. <laughs> it's just well, a, It's like when I was uh, randomly, and I know you have to go, but randomly um, when my mother was working in the public service many, many years ago, they always got an extra public holiday at the end of at Christmas, around the Christmas time. So you'd have the Boxing Day, Christmas Day, and then there was an extra public holiday Literally, it's the it's the one that they set aside just in case something happens to the Queen. And it's literally, it was the Commonwealth Public Service like 30 years ago. And I don't even know if it's still in there, but it was literally a public holiday just set aside in the books just in case something happened. So public holidays are just, you know, whatever the government decides on the day. I love it. And I love it in England how it's a bank holiday. Always found that an odd, an odd term. It's a bank yeah, holiday. Bank we holiday. all have a day off for the banks. <laughs> Well, you have an amazing weekend and I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Thank you. Me too. See you then. And look Bye. Thanks everyone for watching. Bye now. Thank you. Bye.